Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? This your boy Johnny Vegas, host of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right away from your phone or your computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google podcasts and many more you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a milli every week I want to be a billionaire, I ain't getting no sleep, till I see a billy every week I want to be a billionaire, billionaire, I want to be a billionaire, billionaire Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleepers for Billionaires, the podcast I am your host, Johnny Vegas now today, ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. I got a very special guest on my show. This man is a legendary DJ in yes. the game. He's been doing this thing for many, many years. I don't see how he still looks so young. What are you eating, <laughs> my brother? You know, um, what we doing? Heavy hitter DJs. Uh, you work with Hollywood Unlocked. Uh, you got to tell me a little bit more about Prime as well. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Damage in What's the up? building, man. Good to meet you, man. Uh, likewise, man. I know we've been... Back and forth, trying to get it together for quite some time, but we uh, finally made it happen. That's my keys right there. Hold up. It's all good. It's all good. Got to put this phone on silent. It's all good. No, when I sit on my keys, it makes this alert. Really? Oh, that's that. That's that futuristic shit. That's you get some new money. No. Yeah, sit on your keys and shit just go off. If you lose your keys, you're supposed to use it to find it. Why is it not? Ah, All right, I found it. Stop. You know, we, me and my girl were looking for something like that, but we just actually bought a, a key hanger and put it next to the door. Well, look, you, know you see, it won't go off now. <laughs> now I'm glad we ain't buy the shit. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. It really won't go off. Oh, man. Well, just turn the phone off. Like, you know, can you, like, get the restart power off? Oh man, I hope you ain't paid for that app. Nah, look, when you lose your keys, you're gonna wish you had it. <laughs> oh man, nah, it's all good, brother. Nah, you, got it, you got it all together. So, once again, DJ Damage in the building. How you doing, my brother? Can't complain, I'm feeling good. Yeah, feeling good, feeling, feeling great. good, feeling great. That's what's up, man. I'm glad you're doing your thing. I'll be seeing you out here. What I love the most about your journey is, man, how you you just praise your son throughout the whole thing. Like, oh, you, know, you got like, to. Yeah, he's going to be like the next aside in the building, right? I hope so, man. Uh, no, just the other day, he told me he don't want to be a DJ, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did that disappoint you a little bit? Yeah, it disappointed me. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't want to be a DJ? He's like, I don't want to be a DJ. I want to be a policeman. Oh, man. <laughs> So the complete I, mean, we, opposite. I mean, we do need some black police officers this out there. So. Some black good ones. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. So shout out to my son. I mean, but he said he'll do it for me. I just want to do whatever he want to do. Yeah, as long as he's happy, right? Yeah, exactly. That's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, did you, so let me ask you, you know, because it's interesting that he doesn't want to follow in his dad's footsteps. I mean, what? he's six, so give him time oh, to really... <laughs> he ain't like, you know, he ain't 14, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. Said he don't really know what he want to do. Okay? Right. Okay, okay. 
Tell me, what did you want to do at that age? You know, was it always the DJ? At route? six, I think I wanted to be a basketball player. Okay, as me too. Yeah, you know, everybody, that was like the first little stupid dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then about it's the way out. <laughs> around the age of like nine and ten, I knew I wanted to DJ. Mm. For sure. Okay, now what's, what sparked that motivation? Like, I'm sure you saw somebody and was like, yo, I need to be on those wheels of steel myself. Well, no. It really, it wasn't really the DJ aspect that got me into it per se, like mm. physically seeing it. A lot of people in my family do music, and my okay. big brother's a rapper, mm. so he's always rapped since I could remember being alive. My brother was rapping, mm. so I couldn't rap. So mm. like, it was like, all right, I'll just be the DJ. Like, I'll make the beats and like do everything outside of that. So it wasn't necessarily me wanting to be a DJ. It was mm. like, what can I do outside of him being a rapper? Mm. And then it just that was the natural thing. Like, oh, you know, you rap, I'm a DJ. So. Yeah. It's like the Fresh Prince, uh, Jazzy Jeff kind of thing. And we just took it from there. That's what's up, man. Did you try to rap? At yeah. Least? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have I probably could rap now, but I couldn't rap back then. I didn't have the vocabulary or the, the creativity for sure. You had a rap name? No. No, don't lie to me, man. Everybody had a rap name. No, I didn't. <laughs> we were like six and seven, so it was like, you know, it was just rapping. Yeah. I had a rap name back there at six. I started in music, but then, you know, I kind of, I didn't give up, but now I just do it more for fun, you know, because it wasn't paying the bills. So I jumped <laughs> straight into finance and that's what's the bread and butter right yep, now. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But I, lo I love music, man. Uh, yeah, now my first rap name, what was it? Big Skills. It Big Skills. Yeah, it's a crazy dumb shit. Like, At least it wasn't little something, but yeah. no, I couldn't, um, <laughs> I, could, I didn't have a rap name. I couldn't rap that well. I, had, I wrote like one rap, so. Yeah. You remember? This is hard. Um, not really. Don't lie to me, man. No, I really don't. <laughs> you got this is like I was like nine. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that rap. I don't even know what I was rapping about. Yeah. But that's what uh triggered me into being a DJ. Um we used to do landscaping, me and my brother, we saved up money from that. Mm. And I bought the DJ in the box by Newmark. Okay. And it came with two turntables and a mixer. And on Christmas, I asked my mom to buy me like some records. Mm-hmm. And I remember on Christmas Day, I had my just two records. And I was just looking at the, the record spin. And I'm like, why the hell did I get this? Right. <laughs> like, it wasn't a PlayStation. It wasn't a Dreamcast. It was two turntables. I didn't know what to do with it. But that's what I had to stick with it. Like, that's the decision I made. And I didn't know how to use it. That's what's up, man. So now, when did you actually, like, as you started practicing, like, when did you feel you got good enough to make this a business for yourself? So, I went to boarding school, like... That that summer I bought my turntables mm. and then I went to boarding school in eighth grade that after that summer. So going into September, October. Yeah. And when I went to this boarding school, they that year they uh, created a community center called The Hump. Mm. Right. So we go in the community center and I see who's then going to be my mentor, my boy DJ YS. Okay. He's already on the turntables. Yeah. So I'm running up. I'm like climbing over like, you got to teach me this. He's like, all right. And I'm like, how much did you know? Trying to price everything out because I had turntables, but I didn't have the techniques. You know what I mean? I had the new marks. Right. So he like, oh yeah, these are about six hundred a piece. I'm like, twelve. Like, yeah. I'm gonna find six hundred dollars, let alone six hundred a piece. Right. But he was like, no, I'll just teach you. You know, come back here, we'll practice. And I was practicing there for a few months, and then you know, after a while, he would do like the young kid parties. Mm -hmm. But he didn't like playing like the young kid music. He was, he was always like ahead of his time. Okay. Like when we came up, we played a lot of house music, like uh, Baltimore club music, mm. which then transitioned to Philly club, the Jersey club. But first it was Baltimore club. Okay. So everybody our age liked to listen to Baltimore club music. We didn't listen to anything else. Right. But he didn't like to play that. Mm. So that's when I first started getting my, my turn in. Like he'll be DJing a party, like, yo, play a little party music stuff. So 
that's how I started getting into the parties and getting my, you know, get my party game in. Yeah. But it started just like that, like me kind of helping him out. Right. Well, that's cool. So what was your first paid gig? Um, I can't remember. You don't remember that? Yeah. When I started DJing, I DJed a lot. Like when I really started doing it, I was doing people's um, block parties. Okay. I did a lot of older people's birthday parties. Um, but like back then, that's how you had to do it. You had to buy your own speakers. Mm -hmm. uh, you had to go somehow get your transfer with the crates and everything. But I would say it had to be probably a block party. Okay. Block party probably for fifty dollars for four hours. Right. And this is back in your hometown, right? Yeah, this is what, back. Where are you from again? Philly. Oh, okay, okay. Born and raised, Philadelphia. Hey, that's what it is. I'm from the Bronx, man. So okay. I've been all over Bronx, Jersey. Tampa, Florida, and now I'm, now I'm here in LA. Mm -hmm. You know, how long have you been on the West Coast? Six years. Okay. Best decision you ever made? Yeah, for sure. Same. Same. Everybody says the same thing. There's so much love in Cali. It's different where in East Coast, it's like everything is like kind of segregated in a sense. Like with the, even with the music scene, like mm -hmm. if you're not from this block, it's like we ain't messing with you. I don't know. I guess it's different for DJs because, yeah, yeah. you know, with rappers, it was kind of like this is my crew. And we stay in here. This is what from the Bronx, baby. You know, it's just crazy how it's like that. And out here, it's like the whole coast is together. I mean, that's how you see it because you're not from here. But talk to somebody here that say it's probably way more segregated because mm. every block is a different gang. So and mm. to us, it seemed like, oh, y'all got so much unity. It's West Coast. To them, it's like, what are you talking about? Like, you got 60s here, 40s here. This mm. kind of crypt, this kind of blood, different kind of blood, uh, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for them, when I talk to them, they're like, man, this shit is the most segregated thing we ever seen. And it's like, everybody got their own story when you're from where you're from. You right, right, so, right. I guess it's different when it comes to gang culture versus just the music scene. I mean, to me, what I've learned is LA culture is gang culture. Like, you can't, there is no separate. It's either Hollywood or you got the neighborhoods, which is all gang culture. Even people that aren't in any gangs at all, they representing a gang. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, oh, well, my block is all crib, so... We're all Crips. So mm. even if they're not banging at all or anything, there's an affiliation there. And that's what I learned, like kind of moving here, getting to know the communities and everything. It's like, dang, like even though, um, you know, you're not even gang banging, mm. you're associated anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why if you listen to the Kendrick album, where you stay, where your grandmom stay. So even if it had nothing yeah. to do with you, wherever your grandmom stay, that's the set you rep. So it's now, just interesting. Now, did that kind of like... Uh help you or like in a positive way or kind of like you know in a, a reflected in a negative way to what you were trying to do oh no i mean it don't affect me at all i think you know doing radio out here i had to understand the communities because radio is a very local thing mm. you know it's not like something you're above like when you're on radio you need to know what's going on in the communities you need to understand like me being from philly i understand my community mm. i needed to understand this community so people like dj head would when we go on like certain trips and do certain um, activations with the radio station, he would explain everything. He would explain, this is this neighborhood, this neighborhood went along with this neighborhood, you know, mm -hmm. this is who's from here. And it kind of just, it's like a history lesson, you know, like right. you want to know where you at sometimes, even if you ain't got nothing to do with it, just you want to know where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You want to know where you stand. And so it was more so like that. Has there ever been a situation where you got to a state and you just saw some shit pop off with like gangs, like and you didn't even even if you got the history lesson you were aware, and then it just kind of went down right in front of you, in front of your eyes, like oh shit. 
Um, if I go there, I mean, you know, like a fight, break out, whatever the case may be. I think I, I, I've been through a few things since my tattoos, but uh, nothing like too crazy. Mm. You know, it's usually bloods asking if I'm a blood or something like that. Oh, you just got the color red. No gang affiliation. That's not really how I get down. That's not my twist. I'm from Philly. We don't have gangs in Philly, but you know, shout out to everybody. Do what they do. Shout out to Joe Moses, uh, Glasses Malone. Everybody do what they do. Salute to them. Yeah, that's what it is, man. So I want to talk to you about, uh, you know, the local artists. You know, that come to you. I'm sure they all want you like, yo, listen to my music, play mm -hmm. my music. Now, what gets DJ Damage to play local artist music? I think right now you don't need DJ Damage to play your music. I think when I was coming up in Philly, it was different. You didn't have the streaming services. You know, you only had that piff. Mm -hmm. And even that piff was, you know, it's a free upload. Mm -hmm. It's so much noise. You needed somebody to kind of represent your mixtape or host your mixtape for it to stand out. But right now, I don't feel like you need DJ Damage to play your music. Would it be good to have DJ Damage in your network? Of course. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like uh, as an artist now, you need anybody. The, the choice is yours. Everything's on you. Um, like I said, it's good to have a cosign, mm. but you don't need anybody to play your music right now. That's just the, the old way of kind of how we used to come, you know, how we came up and how we thought, but that's um, dead at the moment. I mm -hmm. feel like the, the importance of the DJ in that aspect will come back, but right now, I feel like that's kind of like, it's phased out. Mm, so you think artists are just focused on the, the streaming platforms and kind of get on those playlists and try to build it up? Yeah, I feel like playlists are the new DJs. Um, what else? Really just playlists. Like if you get yourself in a good position on one of those popping playlists, like, you know, you're going to get a lot of new fresh ears and it can actually jumpstart your career for real. So does that take away from your your profession, you know, because you just said that artists don't really need the DJ because they got the streaming services. So what does that say for DJ? Uh, I think it depends on what kind of DJ you are. You know, back in the day, there was DJs that were strictly just mixtape DJs. Now, mm. mixtapes don't really even exist anymore. Like, right. everybody's putting out EPs, original projects for streaming because you get paid off your mixtape now. Before right. you put the mixtape out, it's kind of like a flyer, like, take one, take one. Mm. Now you can put out a mixtape with original music and get paid. Right. But you still got DJs that work in the club. And just because you're streaming, I don't mean the DJs are playing you in the club. There's an importance there. And then you got people like me that's, kind of evolving the realm of DJing. I come after people like uh, like a Jazzy Jeff, like a DJ Enough, like a DJ Envy, who not only plays records, but has a personality that you can see host something that you'll see on TV talking. Mm. So I feel like I follow kind of those footsteps. Right. So I'm trying to expand what I do, the realm of DJing. You know, DJing, you could be all things. You know, you could be a DJ and a mechanic. You know what I'm saying? Right, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, you know... There's mixtape DJs, you got club DJs, you got radio DJs, and then you also have DJ personalities. And I feel like I'm one of those people kind of holding it down for that realm because, you know, I want people that know that's in there in the, in the house practicing whatever, that one day they can go on TV and host a, a red carpet, you know? Yeah. that That's not far-fetched. That's connected. Right, yeah. Don't keep yourself in just one box. You know, you can do whatever you want. You, mm -hmm. know? you can be an actor. You could come back and rap. You can do whatever you and want. And when you look at Jazzy Jeff, you know, not only was he an amazing DJ, but what jump-started him was him being on TV with Fresh Prince. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's what really got him to blow up. But he was also dope at DJing. Right. So now, 50 years later, he's still going on tours because of that show he was on. And not just because of that, because he's also a great DJ. Yeah, he made a name for himself. Exactly. That's what's up, man. So what do you see yourself, you know, advancing to? I mean, because I know right now you're doing the podcast hosting with mm -hmm. Hollywood Unlocked, you know, and then um, and, and I want to learn more about Prime. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But where do you see yourself expanding your brand 
to beyond DJing? Probably acting. I think um, eventually in a few years I'm going to jump into that. Um, but right now I'm focused on doing the podcasting, which is new for me. Mm. I came up 10 years doing radio. Mm. And podcasting and radio is very different. Radio, mm. you kind of like handling the business. It's about talking the least and playing the most music. Mm. Now you're in a podcast. There is no music. It's all talking. Right. And it's about me like learning how to open myself up and be more transparent uh, as Melissa Ford would say, loquacious. <laughs> Learn how to be more transparent because, you know, I was always, you know, we from the old school. Like, the yeah. less you know about us, the more mystery, you know, a lot you get. The more power you have. Yeah, like, you don't want to put all your dirty business out there. You know, yeah. we, we grown men. I'm not going around talking about every single thing I do, but we're in that world where people tell it all, and that's how you get your fans. The more they know you, the more they connect to you. So how do you feel, like, doing that now, making that transition to this new transparency? Um, it's cool. Like, like I said, like I'm a father. There's things I'm open to talk about. Mm. There's some things I'm open to talk about as well, but it's just a, a different way. Like, I'm not going to talk about, you know, every person I didn't slept with. That's just not, that's yeah. just not how I get down. That's right. not gentleman like. Right. But there's certain things I do like to be open about, you know, me being a dad and doing my thing out here in Hollywood. I have a lot of stories to tell. So there's ways to be open, but it's still, I got to do it my way. Right. Well, that's cool, man. So how'd you get the gig with uh, Hollywood Unlocking, Jason Lee and everybody? So what it was like a year and a half ago, I was working at Revolt mm -hmm. in Radio, uh, not Radio 1, working at Revolt in iHeart, mm -hmm. you know, Real 92.3 LA. Um, last, I would say like February, mm -hmm. I got laid off from uh, Revolt. Sorry to hear that, bro. Cool. You know, I'm still doing radio. I was primarily doing radio anyway. Mm. Revolt, I've kind of seen phasing out. A year before that, that's why I started like you know, reaching out, getting to the radio side of things, because that's where I come from. Mm. Then a month after that, uh, iHeart laid me off. Uh. So I'm going around the world trying to find jobs. I'm like, you know, I could work. You know, I've been working for ten years. You know, nothing was coming up. Nothing was coming up. You know, months is going by. Nothing's happening. You Man. know, a few interviews, scarce. And then I'm going to get hookah, and Jason's in there. Okay. Now I met Jason one time. Uh, it was some party he was going to at the highlight room here in Hollywood, and he was about to get in this fight. <laughs> some dude stepped on him. And I was like, yo, this dude is crazy. Like, he was oh, turned up, right? I was like, I like this dude. And then, uh, like this yeah, dude. and then the time after that, um, he was asking me about doing radio, and mm. I gave him some advice. And me, I've been in the game a long time, and I give a lot of people advice, but everybody doesn't really take my advice so serious. I don't yeah. know what it is. I don't but, know why they should. I mean, which you, is fine. You got your I, credits, you know what I mean? I think, you know, it's, which is fine. It doesn't really matter to me. Right. Um, some people do, some people don't. But the next time I talked to him when we was getting hookah, he was bringing up stuff I've told him. He was like, yo, I, I really appreciate you telling me that. And this dude is older than me. This dude has his own thing going on. Like, the fact that he was humble enough to even talk to me that way, you know, was like an eye-opener. Like, yo. So, um, at the time, Melissa Ford was still going through her situation with her car accident. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she got in a bad car accident. She good now, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he asked me to guest host a few times. And we did. And I guess the fans was, you know, receptive to me. And then eventually, I became one of the new hosts. So That's what's up, man. Do you, do you um, find it surreal that, you know, people are receptive to you the way they are? Because, you know, you might just look in the mirror and they're like, you know, I'm, you know, your government name or whatever. But... To everybody else, you're like, DJ Damage, oh my God. Like, oh, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, but is this so I real? don't feel like I get, I, I don't get, I, I don't think I get that, like, you know, nobody walk up like, oh my God, it's DJ. No one does that. Mm. But, I mean, it's cool. You know, it's cool. 
I think back home, I've done a lot back home. And when I go back home and get that love, that's where it means the most because people really watched me grow up. They watched mm. me come from the boarding school. They watched me go through college and do what I did in college and watch me get on the radio. Like there's people that seen my whole journey, everything. So when I go back home and get that love, it just means so much more. Mm. And then people that do know me from back then, because you know, a lot of people just know me from just doing Revolt or just doing radio here now, just from Hollywood a lot. But if you know the whole story and it's like, man, I remember when you was in college, Yeah, it, get, it makes me feel different because it's like you really seen how far I can. Yeah, so. Damn, yeah, nah, I feel you on that, man. There's so much people back home that even when I post on Facebook, they're like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. And there would be people that been around mm -hmm. me when I was like 12, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? That scene, and I was like, damn, like they really appreciate the grind. That's what's up. And that's what makes me want to go harder, like yeah. to not let the people down that do support me, you know what I'm saying? So that's what's up, man. So tell me, like, have you ever got like discouraged in this journey of yours? You know Hell what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Tell me what? about that, cause it's I like, was just bro. I was just unemployed for a year and a half. I was very discouraged. Man, I was that. And you Terrible. had your son at this time. Oh yeah, my son. Look, my son's six. This happened. This literally just. I just got employment a month ago. Damn. So what were you doing this whole time? Grinding. Right? Grinding. Whatever I could do. Yeah. That's how you know God is real, man. Because um, like I said, I was laid off from iHeart like a year and a half ago. Mm. Now we back on iHeart. 50 Markets, you know, a national radio show. Right. The same place that let me go, I came back and did something bigger. Mm. And it wasn't a knock to them. I never felt like when they like laid me off, it was um, anything malicious or anything. It's just the business. Like yeah. Anybody working radio, you know, it's the business. Mm. I felt like it was uh, just a thing they had to do with the budgets and money. Never when I got let go, anybody said anything disrespectful. No one talked about my work ethic. So I didn't have any bad blood. And a lot of things that I've seen... I've had friends that worked in radio and got fired. Mm. And I watched them go on Instagram and talk about the bosses, talk about the radio station. I'm like, yo. It's bitter, pretty much. You don't get that in this business. Like, I had a coworker when I first started working at the radio station in LA that was laid off or fired by iHeart three times in mm. her career. Wow. And now she's back in LA. This is the biggest market she ever been in. Mm. So if that don't tell you just to, you got to go with the flow. Like some, what's for you is for you. Right. So I'm watching some of my homies, they get laid off back home. They was on radio. Excuse me. They're going crazy on Instagram, talking trash. I'm like, bro, you, you ruining your next job because one, you never know. You could get hired back at that same place. Or two, the competition or other companies going to look at how you handle a layoff. Mm-hmm. So if they see you acting all immature, you already cutting off your next job opportunity. Mm -hmm. People didn't even know I wasn't on the radio until I got back on. It was like, wait, you, you was you wasn't on there? And I'm like, nah, I kept it quiet because that's just how you gotta move, man. This is the entertainment business. You can't get all in your feelings about everything. So there's a few times I've definitely been discouraged. Um, but you just gotta push through it. I think that's what helps me keep moving forward. Like, I kind of just lean into things, like mm -hmm. working with Hollywood a lot. Jason Lee is a flamboyantly gay man. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's a gossip platform. Mm -hmm. I don't come from gossip. You right. know, like we were talking about a little stuff on the radio, but this is st strictly gossip. This is a whole nother platform. But I'm like, why not? Can't hurt. When it came to doing um, hosting for the first time, I remember I was home randomly. People from BET emailed me. They seen my website. And they asked me to come up and do some guest hosting. I never hosted anything in my, in my life. Mm. Okay. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, you, 
like you could get scared, you know, you you might not, you you might be afraid, yeah. jitters, but it's like I got to do it. Like at the end of the day, you have to do it. You can't find a reason not to do it. And I always say the worst thing you can do is mess up. Yeah, you can find a million reasons why not to do it. Yeah, the you worst you can do is go up there and mess up, and then what? At least you try. Uh, do it again. Exactly. Nobody cares when you mess up too, but if you so into your own personal. You hold yourself back. Yeah, some people are their own worst critic. You know, sometimes I'd be like that too. And that's where a lot of my, uh, um, what, what we were just talking about, not depression, uh, shit, discouragement okay. comes from. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like I'm always questioning myself, but damn, like, what are people going to think about this? But then I get right back to reality and I'm like, man, fuck what everybody think. I'm going to just do my thing. Yeah, and I'm like that too, man. I think mm -hmm. everybody's like that. But I think when it comes to certain opportunities or certain things that's laid on the table, I just do it. Mm -hmm. Like, Okay, what is it? I'm doing it. Right. Like, it's so much stuff we had to do during the revolt days that I just did it. Like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go out there and just do what I can do, you know? And just, like, messing up. When you do mess up and you're just comfortable in it, people feel, like, people connect to you. Because it's like, oh, he's not perfect. He's not, you know what I mean? Like, right. you laugh with him. Like, if you uptight, if you're a person that come out, I'm speaking on the TV side of things. Right. But if you come out on set... You know, I'm doing a TV show and I don't speak to anybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm all like, oh, I'm super cool. And then I mess up. Now everybody's going to laugh. Right. Because you thought you were so cool. I come out, I shake everybody's hand, I'm cracking jokes with people. Then when I mess up, they feel like there's a connection there. It's like, oh, he's just like us. Yeah. He spoke to us, you know, and then they keep coming back. And a lot of people I've connected with, man, I have a real estate agent I work with that used to be in the audience when I did Revolt. Mm. I have a dude named, uh, David Weeks, he owns uh, the Embellished Jean Company. He got a lot of things going on. Yeah. I didn't even know he was the man like that. But he used to be in the audience at Revolt. But because I was just walking around just being a human mm -hmm. and talking to people, I was able to make some connections that I feel like still help me to this day. Just being a cool dude. You know, a lot of people could have took that situation to the head. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there interviewing Puff, yeah. Ice Cube. Um, name them. I didn't interview them twice or three times. Yeah. You know, we did a surprise birthday party for Nas. Mm. You know, what I'm saying I got to sit down and have a one-on-one, -on -one, hour-long conversation with Nas. You wow. know, I could be an asshole, but no, yeah. I'm still like humble. Gotta be. Yeah, yeah. Humility is a uh, very important man. You know, and um, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, people kind of make a connection with, with you because you are humble. You know, but a lot of people try to project this image of perfectness you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. all the time and i it's like i i don't know what where that comes from sometimes I, you could possibly blame it on social media because everybody's trying to be perfect this down the oh. third but it's like we're, we're not perfect we're all human and it's okay mm -hmm. but do you think social media plays a big role in in that factor you know and trying to be perfect and you know all the likes and uh everything being about numbers and all that stuff oh you, yeah for sure man like Dude, like, I don't have the most followers in the world, but I don't have the least. But it's a lot of things I probably would have got more opportunities at if I had more followers. Mm. But I have real influence. I've been doing this my whole life. Mm. So what I have it can't be put down on, it can't be, it's not numerical. Right. And I mean, it doesn't matter who mm. follows me. It's the people I've known, who I grew up with. It's people I know that they used to be my friends or used to be somebody's assistant and now... Is A&Rs or SVPs or, you know, presidents somewhere. Yeah. That's what it's all about. And I feel like social media, to a, to a degree, I think it's an amazing thing. But at the end of the day, like, what's your real network like? Right. You know, when you go to a town and you don't know anybody, what can you do? How can you make something happen? Mm -hmm. I'm blessed to be able to make one or two phone calls and I'm good. Right. You know, and this is something I didn't even know could happen until recently. I didn't mm -hmm. want... 
to Tampa to see my friend. That's where I, I used to live at. That's what's up. Look, I don't know anybody in Tampa, bro. Yeah. My best friend just moved there, mm-hmm. made a few calls, and we were good. And it's like, damn, I'm not even realizing my own power. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, like, right. So it's just like, that's what life is about. It's about being a good person, connecting with the right people. Instagram is dope, man. You know, Instagram, if you want to push your followers there, that, that's amazing. I'm sure you can get a check that way. But mm-hmm. I feel like as a man, especially as a man, women, I think, can use social media a different way. But as a man, it's about who you're really connecting with in real life. I agree. I agree. You know, that uh, that network becomes your net worth to a certain extent. For sure. That, especially if you know how to use it. You know what I'm saying? So, like you say, you just recently realized your power through your network. I mean, just look at it like I was unemployed. I'm smoking in Hollywood, getting mm. hookah with Jason Lee, who runs his own media company. Mm. has a lot going on. If I wasn't even in L.A., you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what got me here. You know, having sitting down smoking hookah with him just past the time, not even talking about what this could be, how this could be a national show. We was just, let's just do it. Yeah. Like, I didn't want nothing from it. I was like, you know what? I appreciate it. I got the time, too. Like, why not? Yeah. You know, I'm coming from radio, podcasting is the next thing. Why mm. wouldn't I do it? Why not? You know, this is different. Yeah, this is different for me. Mm. The whole subject, everything is different for me. But why not? What do I got to lose? Right. And that's where you got to be humble in yourself. Where it's not thinking like, oh, I used to do this. You know, I could have been an idiot and looked at it like I just came from number two market in the country on radio, right? Mm. The biggest market in radio besides New York. Right. What I look like doing a podcast. There's a lot of ways I could have gotten my own way. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not going to do that. It's going to look like a downgrade. I was like, fuck it. Like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. And it's, I think if you keep everything like that, man, just worrying about pushing yourself forward, I think it'll happen for anybody. I, I agree. I agree. Do you guys reminisce on that day? Like, you and Jason, from when y'all first met smoking hookah to now that y'all reminisce? Yeah, a lot of times, man. Just like, just how it was a piece to their puzzle that they didn't even know they needed. Mm. Because when it comes to them doing their podcast, I'm trying to learn how to get into their flow. Him and Melissa have been friends for years. Mm. So they got a flow. I'm kind of like learning that. But when it comes to radio, that's me. Right. So for them to transition a podcast into now a radio show also, mm. it's like perfect match. meant to be. Mm-hmm. So now I can understand like the things they're trying to explain to him. I can explain to him better because I know him Yeah. and explain what they're trying to get to. Because you're going to explain something one way, but I know how to explain it to him for mm. him to get it. Got it. So it was just like, he was saying like, yo, this is meant to be like, we get a radio personality on, now we're on the radio. It's like, it's all meant to be. And I'm like, you can't get away with God's plan. That's a fact. That's a super fact right there. So tell me about Prime. What's, what's that all about? Prime was a media company that I wanted to start, but I put a little pause on it just so I could get focused on. I can't be spreading myself too thin. That's what I do. I be doing too many things. I really wanted to, too, yeah, man. I really wanted to focus on um, doing the Hollywood a lot. I still want to focus in on Prime, but it's a lot of things. I need to reset my foundation. I feel like I'm starting new as a new person. Mm. You know, I've been doing radio for years, and now I'm at the biggest point I could be on radio. I never thought I was going to be here. I always wished and prayed to be syndicated. Yeah. You know, first it was like I wanted to be on radio, period. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year of college, I got on the radio. Right. I was like, oh, damn, I'm on here. Like, not just guest star and intern, I was on the radio. Right. Then it was like, okay, I want to be on radio at a earlier time because I was on at 10 p.m. at night, which, you know, not the best time in yeah. Philly. And I wasn't on on the weekends. Ah. So the next step was I went to 9 o'clock and they let me do weekends. And it's like, man, I would love to do afternoon drive. You know, 5 o'clock, that's like the biggest that's time. The time. Got yeah. that. Man, I would love to have my own show. Got my own show. Man, I would love to do radio in like a bigger city. 
went to LA. Mm. So when I got laid off, I was like, man, I had one more dream in this thing. You know, like before it was done, it was like, I want to be a syndicated radio host. Like who wouldn't want to, I didn't did everything else. Yeah. And when I got laid off, I was like, well, I guess this chapter's over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And to have a syndicated show really like meant meant a lot to me. Like, so yeah. it's just funny how you can really like think of things and you can manifest it. Yeah, man. It sounds like you've been speaking your dreams dreams into a system. It's scary, dude. It's scary. I remember um I think it was 2009 or 10, I was doing radio in Philly and we did something called uh, Super Jam. Mm. And I remember being backstage and I seen Puff okay. in the, in the what is it, the parking the lot. Meet, oh, the parking lot, right. And I told Michael Sean, mm. and he could vouch for me, he was a radio person out of town, I was like, I'm going to go talk to Puff. Mm-hmm. He's like, how? Oh, got, he got security all around the perimeter. I seen Ace Hood. I said, I know Ace Hood. I'm going to act like I'm going to speak to Ace Hood, of course. And then we'll go talk to Puff. Went to smoke the Ace Hood. Puff's over there drink, uh, eating some McDonald's. I was like, yo, Puff, I need a uh, drop for my DVD. Because mm. I was working on like vlogs and stuff at the time. Mm. He's like, come on. So half the time, he's not even paying me any mind. He's not even looking at me in the video. I'm looking at like the camera. He's looking somewhere else drinking. It. I was like, you know, one day I'm going to work with you, man. I'm going to be a Ciroc boy. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep Literally. going loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know, gets, you know yeah. as he should. Mm-hmm. And then years later, you know, Puff's calling me into his office to interview for Revolt. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's, it's things that that stuff really happens. And Did he remember you from the first interaction? Absolutely not. No? Nope. <laughs> absolutely not. But when we did do, um, when I did finally get on Revolt officially, they had this thing called I Am Revolt. Mm. And it was kind of like a recap of who you are. I was able to pull that footage. And mm. I was like, I told Puff I was going to work with him. Wow. Look at this. That's amazing, man. A lot of stuff, I, you know, it's scary too. A lot of things I've definitely manifested, man. Like a lot of things. So I just like always say I'm blessed and I always try to stay humble because like things I really dream and think of happen all the time. Yeah. So I'll never want to mess that up. So I'll be trying to keep my karma clear, right. you know. But it's deep, man. I, I got so many stories about things I just thought about and it just happened. Nah, same here, bro. I truly believe, uh, you know, the, if you put something into the universe, you know, it definitely comes back to you. But you got to chase it at the same time. You can't just be like, I want to be a millionaire and just kind of wait for the mills. Yeah. You got to work towards it as well. You know what I'm saying? Bro, so, when I did BET before Revolt, um, my manager at the time was like, you know, let's write down some goals. And I told her, I was like, I don't write stuff down because when I do, it comes true and it's scary. Yeah. She's like, what do you mean? Let's write it down. So we wrote down like um, 106 in Park. Two months later, email out of nowhere. I don't know nobody at 106. I don't know anything. Email me like, hey, we're looking for new hosts. Um, send us a self-tape in. And she's sitting there flipping out. Wow. She's flipping out. She's like, wait, what? I'm like, I'm telling you, it just happens. Like, I don't know why. It happens like that. Yo, you, you got a pen and paper because I need him to write something I, down I, for me. I, 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 I only write stuff down once in a while because I'm real superstitious about what I write down. Yeah. But... Even like I had a, a journal like two years ago that I found. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was never lost, but I never really opened it back up. Yeah. And I went and looked through it. Everything's checked off. Just on its own. I wasn't even referring back to it. It's like, wow, that happened. That happened. Damn. So it's just like, you know, keeping my karma clear and just trying to be a good person and, you know, just hoping to keep that going. Well, God is definitely blessing you, my brother. Just keeping that karma clear is bringing all your dreams into fruition. Hopefully, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, with that being said, man, I mean, 
what what's the what's the longevity goal? I mean, because you're crossing your T's, dying your eyes, you know. But what's like, what do you see yourself like in the next, let's say, five years? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think I was gonna be here. I never had that. Look, my only dream was to be on the radio. Mm -hmm. And then once I turned eighteen and I got on the radio, I was like, damn, what do I do now? Mm -hmm. So I started making those like mini goals, like, okay, I want to be on the radio, but I want to be on earlier, you know, because it happened so quick. Mm -hmm. You know, usually I thought I'd be like 30 before the first time I got on the radio. That's not something you just jump into. It's a very hard avenue to jump into. Right. So I haven't never thought this far. And then when I was doing radio, people were like, you ever thought about hosting on television? I was like, no. They was like, you should. And I was like, you for real? You think so? Mm -hmm. And I ignored that. And then so many people kept saying it where it was like, all right. Let me try it. I created my own show. This is a whole nother story. I don't even know how much time you got. I got yeah, stories for you. This is your time, man. We got your time. So when people were telling me become um, a radio, I mean, a, a television personality, I said, okay, I'm going to create my own show. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of known in the city. I uh, linked up with a sneaker store called Sneaker Villa. Mm -hmm. they, these are one of the stores I was put, first putting TVs in the stores. Right. So I said, like, I'll make a show for their store just to practice. Mm. So I got Michael Vick on there, interview Meek, like everybody that was just in my realm that I could grab. So long story short, they paid me up front to do it. So they gave me all the money up front. My friend drops the ball. <clears throat> so when it comes time to turn into the episodes, he disappears. Damn. So he made me look crazy with that deal. <sighs> Moving forward, for him to um, kind of like pay me back. He made me a reel from all that stuff I shot. Okay. That's the reel I gave to Revolt. That's how I got that job. Mm. So if it wasn't for him, you know, messing that up, he would have never made my reel. I would have never had something to show them of my, my hosting skills. Because yeah. literally, I, I would have had nothing to show right. if he didn't put that together. And that's how that started coming along. Mm. So it's like everything really happens for a reason. That's it's exact. it's scary. <laughs> and understand, that was one of the worst times of my life. Like, you know, I'm trying to put this together. He makes me look bad with a brand that paid me up front. He got paid. Yeah. And he just disappeared. He Damn. went on some trip or whatever. We all in college. <laughs> just took the money and did it. You know what I'm saying? So it made me look I'm crazy. Gonna lie, but that's so funny. It's the same thing when I just got laid off from Revolt and Radio. You know, yeah. like that was one of the worst times of my life. And then it comes back and it's like, oh, damn. Yeah. Look what happened after that. So right. it's like. Maybe that that first opportunity wasn't meant for you. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it, I think things happened the way it was supposed to. I was doing 106 in part. Um, I did the notarized. You know how you do the countdown at the end of the year? Yeah. They flew me to Miami for the first time. I did 50 to 40. Mm. Then I did one more 106 in part after that. And free, not free, this is after that, um, Terrence and Roxy. Mm -hmm. Out of nowhere, they're like, you know, these are the new hosts of 106 in part. And it was me and Pajian. Mm. And we like, okay. Yeah, why not? After that, I never get a call from BET. Like two months later, um, they're doing a, a call on social media about looking for the next set of hosts. Mm. So you just told me on TV in front of my whole city. That you was the next host. Yeah, you just told me in front of everybody, mm. I'm the next host. And then now you on it. And so everybody's writing me like, what's going on? Mm. So, you know, that happens. And I was grateful because BET at the time put me on their website. Yeah. So I was official host on the website. So mm -hmm. me being a DJ, I was able to use that for club bookings or whatever. So I was still happy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like all in all, I wasn't ready to do TV. Right. You know, I was still shy. I was just a DJ. I was really just a DJ that was talking a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, 106 and Park goes down. Mm -hmm. That whole crew from 106 and Parks goes to where? Revolt. Mm -hmm. They go, we remember a guy. 
that we were supposed to have that sparked up the conversation. Mm. Another thing that happened that was um, surreal was kind of like my uh, my competition when I was doing radio in Philly. Mm. Her manager was the one that connect, connected the dots between me and Revolt. And this Philly? is a guy, yeah. This is a guy who I think don't even like me because some, the person she represent, or the person he represents, uh-huh. kind of has like a, you know, it's like a little rivalry, nothing serious. But for is him, to, Charlie Mac. No, I got a story for Charlie. I got a story about him. Anytime I hear Philly and manager, I think Charlie. No, Mack. his name's Anton. He actually uh, the city government now. Shout out to him. He's a mm-hmm. great dude. But um, he plugged me, and I'm not, I don't even know I'm on his radar because I'm on the other side. I'm on the other radio station. I'm kind of like a rivalry to his. But it was like, yo, no, dude, I think you'd be perfect for this. So between that happened, the people from 106 Apart going to revolt. It was so many things that lined up mm-hmm. to revolt. It was insane. That's what's up, man. Well, again, it seems like it worked out to your benefit. You know, you kind of, I like the way you, uh, you know, even though the situation didn't happen fully with BET, you still leveraged that to help, you know, get your money flow coming up like, with the book. Oh, yeah. Stuff. Look, I was, look, as long as they put me on something official that I could refer them to, I was good. I yeah. was like, you know what, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't even mad. That's it. I mean, at first I felt weird because right? I was like, wait, why are they looking for Then I was like, I don't know. Then I was like, whatever. I'm still, on, I'm probably still on the website. Mm. Hell yeah. That's that's like, what, you charge an extra 10 stacks for that? Yeah, back then. <laughs> now it's like, how many followers you got? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, do you think that kind of, um, you know, that that aspect of it, everything being all analytical, you know, do you think that, that helped the game or changed the game as far as like with, you know, artists getting uh, opportunities? Uh, I think it helped. At the end of the day, if you have a way to be seen and you can control the way you're being seen, it helps. You know, like before you had to know somebody. Yeah. You had to know somebody. You could be the best rapper in the world. You had to go somewhere and connect with somebody. Now, if you got the skill and you put it up and somehow your video go viral, you did it all yourself. And right. I'm always like, you know, I believe in that. Like, I think it always helps. Yeah, and I definitely see uh, the independent grind growing more yeah, you know, yeah. through the social media, you know, because now they have the, there's no excuse now. You know, say so you have the platform mm-hmm. and it's free. Now, show me what you got. You know, that's cool. So, I right, man, well, what, what kind of actor you want to be, man? Because, you know, you say you want to jump into acting. So. I don't want to jump into acting myself, but, like, remember... You when, have to. You're in L.A., man. But this is the thing. Remember I told you um, when I was DJing, people saying you should be a television host? Mm-hmm. Everybody is like, you don't act? Or people think I'm an actor. Like, I'll go somewhere like, you're an actor, right? I'm like, no. And this has happened so many times where I'm like, I guess I got to entertain it. But uh, I don't know when I'm officially getting into that. I'm still just taking my time. Yeah. You know, all the actors I know that I like and respect, they popping in their 40s, so I got time. <laughs> for real. Everybody I see that I respect as an actor is popping in their 40s. You know? Yeah. Besides for like the dude that do Snowfall, I don't know his name, and Michael B. Jordan. Right. Everybody in their 40s. But they, they ain't starting in their 40s. I'm just saying though. Uh, they didn't, but I'm saying is, I know I got time. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can see like, okay, I can start really getting to 35, 36. I'll start yeah. getting into my... So I'm just taking my time with it. I just want to really fulfill and put all my energy into my radio show. And I got a new show with BET too. So That's what's up. What's the name of that show? Can you disclose that? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I got a digital show for BET Digital called uh, Armchair A&R. And they take an artist that won the BET. It was like a BET showcase mm-hmm. doing the BET Awards. Oh, doing BET. Yeah. No, that was, it was BET Weekend. Yeah. BET Experience. BET Experience, yeah. Um, taking that artist and helping them create a song. So, mm. you know, I'm acting as an A&R for the first time, which is something I actually do want to do. 
and working with a fresh artist to create a single for the label. So right, and they document that whole experience, and that should be dropping soon. Well, that's cool. Well, congrats on that, man. I can't wait to see that. When does that air? Uh, literally, it should be dropping the next month or so. Yeah, the price is about to go up, boy. <laughs> Y'all want to thank you for coming through, man. This has been a great interview, man. I'm glad you came through and uh, we finally got it done. It's good to actually talk one-on-one with you and learn about you, man. And uh, I wish you nothing but success, man. Keep executing those mini goals to get to the greater goal, man. And, uh, you know, like I said, I wish you nothing but the best, brother. Appreciate it, man. And uh, make sure y'all follow me at The Real DJ Damage on Twitter and IG, all that. Show me love. There it is, man. Stay tuned for more episodes to come. This is Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast, Johnny Vegas, DJ Damage, and we out of here. Peace!